This is Time Signatures with Jim Irvin, a podcast and radio program presented by the Capital Area Blues Society in Lansing, Michigan. Most any contemporary musical style can trace its roots back to the blues. Time Signatures explores the blues and its musical connections with captivating interviews, lively discussions, and news from the world of the blues. And now, here he is, your host, Jim Irvin. Well, thank you very much, Parker, and welcome to Time Signatures with Jim Irvin. That's me, and uh, uh, as you can tell, we are oot in a boot. We are in the city of Lansing in Old Town. and uh, Sounds like you're from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the music scene in the greater Lansing area was arguably at its peak in the 1980s and 90s. We had a great variety of bands, including some classic rock, country, blues, and even one or two that defied definition by any particular genre. Such is the case with my next guest here on Time Signatures. Now, I've got to tell you that I really am a fan of Mystic Shake. Uh, They only put out a few CDs, but every one of them was a great deal of fun to play and listen to. Uh, They kind of reminded me of uh, Dennis Preston. I actually told them before we started the the program today. And his uh, friends on their latest CD entitled West of Wacousta. This disc is just a group of guys out on the back deck of their buddy's house and recorded it for posterity's sake. And trust me when I tell you, I love that CD. Dick Montrose, Ben Hassinger, welcome to Time Signatures. I think it's Dick Rosemont we want to Did talk I, to. Well, I want to Montrose, talk to that was another Dick band. Dick Montrose. That was a different band. He was a... <laughs> oh, man. All right, so you guys got me. Uh, you, you've never heard how my name has been mangled. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I actually got yours right. Yeah. So... Anyway, um, so I've been nosing around your website a little bit, Ben, and um, this is the only place to find information on Mystic Shake. And I found something that said this, Mystic Shake was an incredibly innovative, eclectic, and fun band from the Lansing, Michigan area. And following their farewell show show on December 5th, 2010, uh, Mystic Shake will live on in the memories of their devotees in their three CDs. Uh, what a great place to start. I mean, kind of starting at the beginning, but at the end a little bit. Yeah. Well, we uh, we had been together in various forms for, what, about 20 years, I think, Dick. And uh, uh, Dick and his wife, Jane, uh, move, were moving to Santa Fe, and we decided we needed a send-off. Sure. And so the uh, Sir Pizza in Old Town was mm-hmm. one of our favorite haunts. And uh, we decided to have a big old party, and uh, it was a great way to to send off the band. It was it was <laughs> some kind of party. And this is the same uh, the same Mister P- or Sir Pizza that's up there on uh, on Caesar Chavez. Yeah, yep. Chavez. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's very cool. That's very cool. Now, Dick, I I wanted to step back a little bit with you when you started putting things together in the late '80s. Um, you were doing so because you had recently taken up the drums, yes? Correct. Yes, I had played guitar in typical rock bands in the starting way, way back. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I was always interested in playing drums. But it was hard when I was in a rock band in the early days to be uninhibited on somebody else's drum kit, <laughs> yeah, especially if they were present. So <laughs> uh, in the late the late 80s, I... 
I bought a used Ludwig kit, and I figured, well, it's depreciated as far as it will, so if I need to get my money out of it, I'll be okay. So the idea was to play rhythmic music and being the drummer, but it was a slow rise trying to put a band together mm -hmm. while I learned to play. Then, if you want to tie this to blues... I was the original drummer in the downtown blues band, which evolved into Root Doctor. Yeah, that's, you know, when well, I, I was actually... Go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was actually trying to put together what became Mystic Shake, and at the same time, I'm playing uh, weekly uh, uh, weekend gigs with Uptown Blues Band, and that was a, a great education, in, in a sense. It, you know, gave me the... Uh, the confidence and experience of playing regularly. And then, as Mystic Shake began to form in, in its earliest incarnation, Mystic Shake was on double bills with Uptown Blues Band at Rick's in East Lansing. Oh, wow. So I would be I would be playing with both bands. <laughs> you had some tight <laughs> arms, huh? And of course, you got paid twice yeah, as yeah. much, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, Dick, yeah, I remember I, seeing the downtown blues band playing in the old Naps building. Exactly. Back in the day, with yep. uh, Scory was I think Scory was playing uh, yep. organ or piano, and yep. Freddie, of course, and. Uh, um, Bill Allman was the original guitar player. Oh, Scott, player. that's right. Scotty yeah. was in that band. Yeah. That's right. That's when I. That's probably around when I first, first really got to know you. I think. And James Williams, who still yep. still is around. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was the original group, and that that band, Uptown Blues Band, was just assembled because there was a gig at. Tangos in the old Naps building. <laughs> Tangos, that and was we the didn't name know of it. if it was going to be. We didn't know if it was going to be, you know, one weekend or a month or what. But it was ongoing. It just turned into something, and of course, uh, the Ides and their vision, uh, <laughs> it wasn't good enough, so it went away. I don't know. I, I don't know what was behind it. But that doesn't matter. That's irre irrelevant. But it was interesting to get that experience at the same time of putting together Mystic Shake and uh, you know the fact that we did play gigs together <laughs> so it, it was a long night for me at Rick's a couple <laughs> Absolutely. times when that happened well Dick I want to I want to circle back to this a little bit later but I have to tell you uh, when I uh, first started the program off I did uh, the first two episodes with uh, Freddie and James Williams and uh, those are yep. worthy of listening to and then also when you get a chance, uh, we've already played two episodes. We're about to play the third. So I know I'm kind of dating myself here, but you need to check out the interviews that I did. Uh, it was a lot of fun with Mike Scorey and Jim Alfredson, and they talked about sure. a lot of the early stuff. But I want to step back with you for just a minute and uh, and circle back to Mystic Shake. Where did you come up with the name? I, I absolutely <laughs> loved it, but where did you come up with it? Well, as the group was gelling, uh, I was the one that was kind of the spark I don't know if I'd say the spark plug but I was the one that had the most opinions and <laughs> I i came up with pairs of words and I thought it was intriguing enough yet broad enough mm -hmm. and the, the shake part would, could designate, designate the rhythm orientation of the band I mean music was very rhythmic be it you know blues we did play, in the early days, we actually did play some blues songs. Um, the original members of 
Mystic Fake. I mean, we played the Stevie Ray Vaughan song, etc. So, and and I was interested in reggae and world music. So it it kind of denoted the shake could be tied to rhythmic, you know, if you had a a mind for that. Sure. And it just you know didn't really say anything, but it was it could be intriguing. So when you came back to dedicate your full attention and efforts to Mystic Shake. Um, at that time, you called your musical style like a rock and rhythm and reggae, but you continued to sprinkle in some other musical twists, didn't you? Yes, and a lot of that would depend on who was in the band as members came and went. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I started to actually try to write songs, which I'd never done before, and Phil, uh, Phil, the uh, guitar player, he played guitar and flute and sang, and he he was interested in more out there kinds of songwriting, and that was interesting. So uh, Phil Troop, okay. and so I don't know, there wasn't any conscious path for this. It, things just evolve, especially when you're younger. You're not thinking in the big picture about well, let's talk about this thirty some years later. So, you know, as, as often happens organically. Sure. And then as, you know, uh, I'm jumping ahead, but as, as members came and went, and when Ben joined, he was doubling on keyboards, and that offered another flavor to the to the band. And then, then he started to come forward with a lot of his songs and such, and that's what became Mystic Shake in the uh, latter years. Very cool. Now, you guys recorded your first CD at a local church, right? Yes. I, I got to hear that story. Well, we wanted to do it live, you know, because, you know, when you overdub uh, instruments and all that, it's just it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's an efficiency factor, <laughs> you know, if you can get the whole band together. Sure. And our friend Glenn Brown is, you know, an, uh, an engineer extraordinaire. Oh, yes. So... We figured he, he, he could he could manage that. So we set up in that church. Do you recall the name of the church, Ben? I even forgot we recorded in a church, to be honest with you. But now... No, we uh, did, huh? Yeah, no, I, I remember. And uh, we had Scory sit in uh, on a song. Albert and, and, yeah, it's at Albert and Hagedorn. Albert and Hagedorn. You know, I, oh, and, I know which church uh, you mean. Uh, shame on me yeah. for not writing hey, it down because I was going to write it down and I didn't. <laughs> That's not. You can look inside the it? disc. Maybe it says. But the idea was to play as a group. Sure. Because that's a different dynamic, and it was a little tricky because we had scratch vocals at times, but they weren't the the finished vocals because we wanted to concentrate on the instruments. And it's a little tricky because sometimes the vocals have cues within the song so that was a little interesting especially when you go back and try to add vocals to something that may not have been (laughs) set in stone but you know I I was happy with the sound you know Glenn uh, Glenn was just you know top notch in that regard so it it was fun to do and and Ben has the name of the church too Edgewood United I was right okay (laughs) there you go good and it seemed like when you said that that was it Go ahead, sir. And, and, and if you, oh, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Uh, oh, okay. Well, also on that live recording, we had two guest mics, uh, as in Mike Scorey and Mike Lynch. That's right. And Lynch was on that too. Also, they they played live with us also. See, so it was uh, some of those recordings. 
Dick is peeking at my notes here because I actually got <laughs> I got the two mics listed here. Oh, gonna, you do, yeah. Yeah. A Lynch actually filled in with us a few times. One of one of my favorites was uh, we played at a big uh, like fraternity party in the basement of. Oh, it's I think it's a quality Inn now. It's across. It's by Whole Foods and everything on Grand River. And we were in, the, I think that's the one, is that the one where the cops came? I forget. But I remember we were playing and we were doing this really cool version of Green Onions. You know, and of course, Mike Lynch is playing. And this guy came up, you know, might have had one or two beers. And he comes up and says, oh, man. Oh, I just love that song. And we're going, oh, cool. He knows the song. Yeah, Green Sleeves, man. <laughs> Green Sleeves, that's my favorite song. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that, but. <laughs> well, yeah, because that wasn't that, that wasn't even a song that was in our repertoire. No, no, it's it, just we had Lynch he, there. He yeah, play. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, he well, he definitely added, he, he was a, a, a periodic sub. And uh, as was, um, come on. Ryan Heffron subbed <laughs> quite a few times yeah, with Brian us. Yeah, Ryan Heffron, yeah. Um, yes, yeah. Playing ukulele well, as, and as banjo. We're jumping and... ahead, but yeah. As the band evolved from a, a typical electric group to an amplified acoustic group, that sort of changed the dynamic and allowed people like Brian Heffron to, to fit in. Sure, right, right. You're listening to Time Signatures. I'm your host, Jim Irvin. We've got Dick Rosemont. I got it right that time. <laughs> and Ben Hassinger with me today. No, Ben the, Springsteen, I thought it ben, was. Yeah. <laughs> of, <laughs> of the band Mystic Shake. And uh, just kind of going back and reliving some of the glory years here. Uh, guys, I have to ask the question. I mean, I, I, I would assume that music still plays a pretty significant part in your life. Do you Do you both write music? And if you do, talk about that creative process. Actually, uh, Ben, you haven't talked a whole lot, so I want to start with you, man. Oh, that'll, <laughs> you're going to regret this. <laughs> um, the, uh, well, yeah, music is my whole life, actually. Sure. Um, actually every job I've had since I was done uh, delivering papers has had in, a music involvement somehow, which uh, Dix has as well in different ways. But uh, um, in 2009, I went to Hawaii, and believe it or not, there was an ukulele festival going on. Now, you're pronouncing it ukulele. That yeah. is the correct pronunciation? Yes, yes. And, and you would know this why? Because... What's your title? I'm the ukulele ambassador of Michigan. There you go. That's I wanted right. to give you an opening there. The great <laughs> the great uke state of Michigan. But I went to Hawaii, and uh, there was this great festival going on, and everybody was just having a wonderful time, and I... Uh, gave a call to my friend Stan Werbin, who owned Elderly Instruments, and said, you've been right all this time. He's been a proponent of the ukulele since the 70s. It was the instrument of the 70s. Well, that didn't happen. It's the instrument of the 80s. <laughs> Finally, it was the instrument. And I said, you've been right all along. Let's get some things going here. So I started the Lansing Area Ukulele Group. Uh, we A couple years later, we started Mighty Uke Day, which is a now a weekend-long festival, okay. and that, among other things, that funds uh, a nonprofit I run called Music is the Foundation that supports music programs in libraries, schools, senior centers. So this is kind of like the, the blues in the school program, but for 
for yeah. ukulele. We use ukulele. Yeah, yeah very cool. Yeah. yeah. So and then Dix had a had some nice uh, adventures uh, down in Santa Fe. I know. Right. Well, let's back up slightly. Okay. When Ben went to Hawaii, uh, I said to my wife Jane, "I bet he's going to come back with an ukulele." <laughs> well, he didn't, but it was all in his it was all in his head. Oh my and goodness! It just took it, it just took off from there. And not only did the, does Ben pronounce ukulele the, the technically proper way, but he also said Hawaii. Yes, I know. Yes, I caught proper. that. I caught that. <laughs> so, yes, but. Uh, well, uh, music's been at the center of much of what I've done. I started playing in bands, uh, should I say, 1963. This was just before the Beatles broke, and I saw the influence that the Beatles had. I was playing wow. guitar at the time. Sure. And then I, and then I uh, started working in public radio at WKAR, the Michigan State's mm-hmm. public radio stations. In the early days of NPR, I was doing a, a subversive underground rock music show. <laughs> wasn't really subversive. Some would call it that on a classical station. Then uh, I started buying and selling records, and I've been doing that for 48 years, and I can't stop. So, <laughs> but are, in, as far as go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you now you you started Flat Black and Circular in East Lansing, correct? Yes. And that yes, was what yes. year? My partner and I, 1977. Okay. Prior to that, I had worked at the first used record store in town called Wazoo, which was in the State Theater building sure. across from Beggar's Banquet on Abbott. And uh, coincidentally, the, the guy I was working with there, two years into that, he decided to move to Hawaii <laughs> to live there. Anyway, uh, I, uh, I had met uh, my FBC partner, Dave Bernath, uh, he called me one time. People would call the radio program I was doing on WKAR. He was one, one of the callers, and we met, and we just kept, started hanging out. He was a music fan, record fan. And then we decided after the, my friend was leaving Wazoo, I didn't want to keep working for an owner. And so I decided I can do this myself. And Dave and I had the idea to do it ourselves. And because I knew... Stan and Sharon, who had started Elderly Instruments in the basement of the mm-hmm. 541 building, I went and asked them who the landlord was, and that's how FBC ended up in the same building, uh, although on the upper level, where Elderly had started. Okay. So the, these, these, these connections just continue. <laughs> you know, you, you hang around town long enough, and if you're in the music world, the circles intersect. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the things that I've noticed uh, in the early going of um, of time signatures. You know, I've talked to a lot of people in the greater Lansing area, and, uh, and there is a lot of intersection of circles. And I think that it's, to me, I think it's an incredibly cool thing to be able to see how these uh, people's lives have all kind of just mixed together. Yes, giant Venn diagram of all these intersecting circles. Absolutely, and and it's it's kind of cool because, I mean, it's still going on today. There's still that intersecting of of lives and interests and different things, um, you know. So it's it's a lot of fun to uh, to dig into the history and talk about this a little bit and be able to uh, discuss the early the early. Uh, parts of your your musical career and what you've been doing since. Well, I, I've got one thing I have to bring up. Well, please, because yeah, uh, Dick was talking about his subversive radio program. 
Well, when I graduated from Everett High School mm -hmm. and went to Lansing Community College, I reconnected with a uh, friend from Everett who was a year ahead of me, and his name was Gene Hayhoe. And Gene and I hit it off right away with some just very wacky sense of humor and a love of music. And we, we had a band called Utter Chaos, and that's U-D-D-E-R. And uh, we managed to get arrested in the cafeteria at the community college. Wow. Yeah, for playing, <laughs> playing smoke on the water on accordion and trombone, singing it and singing in animal sounds. You know, I, so. I wish I could hear that. <laughs> we had a whole bunch of tapes what, recordings what kind of, of us. Oh, well, whatever, you know, <laughs> cats, dogs, you know. We didn't do giraffes because they don't say much. But, right, right. You know, um, oh, no, that that's part of my bio on my site. You okay. Know, well, whatever. that gives you cred. Yeah, hey, street cred, that's for sure. Absolutely. I even had a red file by, on the state police for being a subversive because of that. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I never got that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you weren't flipping cop cars in East Lansing, right? No, burning couches. <laughs> we didn't true. do any of that. <laughs> yeah. No, I was reporting. I was reporting on it. Uh, <laughs> I was out in the field sometimes for some of the anti-war protests in East Lansing. I still have audio footage of some of that. Mm. Anyway. So I, I, we really sidestepped your previous question. I'm still involved in music in Santa Fe. I still have an operation, a retail operation, buying and selling records. And I'm oh, you're talking about out there? Yeah. Yes, in Santa Fe. So you actually, yeah. so then when you moved out to Santa, Santa Fe and you retired, you sold? Uh, I didn't retire. <laughs> okay. <I just> relocated. <laughs> relocated. <laughs> Yeah. And I couldn't, I didn't know for sure what I would do, but I couldn't stop with records. And, you know, if it's an interest in music, interest in records, and interest in people, because when you're a used business, you really get to engage with people, both buying and selling. And that's a big part of it. And, and I don't know how to wind this down <laughs> after <laughs> 48 years of doing this. But in addition to that, I play in two different street bands. Wow. And if I hadn't taught myself drumming to whatever extent I, I could, I wouldn't be in a street band playing guitar or piano. And so that's been pretty fun. It's a New Orleans type band with horns and percussion and sometimes dancers. So that's a whole new realm of music performance for me. That sounds like a lot of fun, man. I'm going to have to come out to Santa Fe and check it out. It, it just, it sounds like fun. Yeah, I've seen well, some Santa video of it. Very, it's amazing. Yeah, Santa Fe is a, an unusual town in my perspective. Uh, it's small. It's, it, it recently went from seventy to 80,000, not because people moved here, but they moved a boundary. But it, <laughs> it's, for its size... Uh, an awful lot goes on and it's an older population but it's an active older population people don't move here to play golf they are there's a ton of musicians here music uh, entrepreneurial uh, artistic people political so it's a pretty a lot goes on for its size it's the third largest art market in the u.s for a tiny wow. town but uh and tourism's big, so I get to engage with people from all over the place. Uh, currently, the Santa Fe Opera is in its season, and people come from around the world for this. It's an outdoor opera That's uh, amazing. facility. 
That is amazing. Anyway, we don't need to talk about that. We want the blues. Give me the blues, <laughs> man. <laughs> Are you still playing a little bit of blues out there in your uh, in your playing? Well, the, uh, I'm in, the I mentioned I'm in two different street bands. Sure. One I'm dedicated to, and uh, that started with kind of New Orleans-style blues. Right. Very which cool. Which was our inspiration. And, you know, and even Mystic Shake has got me thinking about one of the songs in particular that Ben wrote called Woman Like That. And I played a New Orleans rhythm to that song, and it would be perfect, you know, in, in a full band situation. We did it on the... A live acoustic disc, right. um, but the song itself it really would lend itself to the, uh, uh, an arrangement of a full band in a in a New Orleans style. Of course, the song's about New Orleans as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, we, we definitely have more to talk about, but we are just about to the end of this first episode. <laughs> You're can, you be, can you believe it? Oh man, this I'm, is going to be like the mini series of Mystic Shake here. Well, and one of the things that I like about what I do is I just let guys go like you guys are doing here. Just turn you loose and and you know reminisce and talk about the the times that you did this, that, and the other thing, and and um, and I absolutely love learning about the history of the music in the greater Lansing area. Now, of course, you know, it's not limited to, you know, solely to the Lansing area, um, but we definitely, uh, this is the focal point. This is the, the beginning and, and then just kind of out branching from there. But we've definitely got more to talk about. My guests uh, have been Dick Rosemont and Ben Hassinger, and uh, we are going to stick around. We're going to have them back for one more round, if you will. And is that uh, something you guys would like to do? Sounds great. Sounds great. I'm ready. Sounds good. Well, we are going to take a quick break and uh, definitely want to invite everybody to hang around and be here for the next, uh, the next edition. In the meantime, this is your job to help keep the blues alive. We will see you on the next episode. This has been Time Signatures with Jim Irvin, presented by the Capital Area Blues Society in Lansing, Michigan. For more information on cabs, visit capitalareablues.org. You can find this episode and past episodes at lccconnect.org. The Time Signatures theme song, Michigan Roads, is used by permission and was written by Root Doctor, featuring Freddie Cunningham. Until next time, keep on keeping the blues alive.